The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. Darkimaginings.com For the deepest, darkest clues, to the backwoods swamp where we hit the bottom, to the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for the Big Scary Show. Hey, this is Maximus Christian Bryan from the Ohio Haunters Association, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hey, this is Nick Stahl from Terminator 3, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hey, this is WFL from Rob Zombies 31 and The Walking Dead. You're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hey, this is Horror Show Jack, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of... The Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. <laughs> this is Clint from the Halloween Shirt Company, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hey, this is Matt Scott from Von Grimm Productions. You're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is Big Bob Elmore. I play Leatherface and Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. And this is a shout-out to The Big Scary Show. You're listening to The Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears more makeup than I do. Yes, yes, we know it's hot out there, but it's finally August. And that means there's only one more month until September, which starts the haunt season for many of us. So bear with it just a little while longer, and maybe suggest grabbing a cold beverage and tuning into episode 268 of The Big Scary Show to get you in the mood for fall. Storm is ranting about Halloween disasters in a hot minute. Meat Hook Jim discusses burning as a form of torture in Between the Corpses, and Badger brings you the latest in Deadline News. The old crone headed down to the Texas Haunters Convention a couple of weeks ago and brought back some interviews with Matthew from the Texas Haunters Convention, the Chamber of Haunters, and more. The Roundtable of Terror discusses how haunts can cross-promote and work together. We invite representatives from Louisville Halloween and the Ohio Haunters Association to take a seat at the table to discuss how everyone benefits when there's no feuding between haunts. Save the feuds for professional wrestling. Nice job there, Patrick. We hid the body, but but you'll become an accomplice just by listening to The Big Scary Show. And hey, stay hydrated. Passion is what drives us. 
of the ancient past, out of the dust of centuries and the inscrutable silence of the unknown come two new adventures in shock and suspense on one sensational motion picture program, The, the Mummy, Mummy. Plus, plus Curse of the Undead. Fear will freeze you when you face The, the Mummy. Mummy. It tears steel bars like paper. It snaps men's spines like matchsticks. It walks through bullets like a ghost. Wakened from the darkest tomb of the pharaohs, it stalks the earth with strangely human desires. The Mummy. And on the same program, Curse of the Undead. The haunting story of a faceless fiend who drained the young and beautiful of life. Together on one program, Curse of the Undead, and in chilling technicolor, The Mummy. This is the Old Crone with day two of the Texas Haunters Convention, and I'm standing here to what... I am looking to see as one of the busiest booths in the convention. I'm hanging out here with Robert Nelson of the Chamber of Haunters. Hi, Robert. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Terrific. So, tell me what this is. Uh, simply put, we are a Chamber of Commerce for the haunted attraction industry, uh, providing networking, education, and many other opportunities for our members to grow and learn. That's terrific. Now, are you mostly just for Texas haunted attractions? Or? No, we are national. That's great. That's great. Okay. Well, um, what's some of the benefits a, a member would get? Uh, once again, like I said, networking, uh, the educational courses, our health and safety training program, uh, as well as many discounted vendor programs. So we have multiple opportunities for them to save money and make money. That's great. So if someone wanted to find out more about the Chamber of Haunters, how would they get in touch with you? Um, they can either email me at chamberofhaunters at gmail.com or visit our website at www.chamberofhaunters.com and if you use code haunting you h-a-u-n-t-i-n-g the letter u uh, as the code they get 50% off their membership up until December 31st of 2022 that's terrific well it looks like you've been signing up a lot of new members we've had a ton of new members this week that's, that's great so I hope you have just as great a success on day two as you did on day one we're hoping for that thank you for talking to me thank you thank you 13 pagan holiday 13 she's dead on the big scary show
sacrifice your body so nice But it's the blood on your lips that scares me to death She's dead, she's dead, but she'll come anyway 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 This is Drew Badger, and this is Deadline News for episode 268. And we're going to kick things off with this update from the Flashback Weekend coming to Chicago. Appearing at Flashback Weekend Chicago Horror Convention August 5th through the 7th, the legend Sven Gulli, a.k.a. Rich Coase, he will be appearing on Saturday, August 6th. Celebrity photo ops are now on sale, where you'll receive an 8x10 photo with Sven Gulli. Sven will also be signing autographs, posing for selfies, and hosting the Sinister Visions costume contest. Convention tickets, celebrity photo ops, and our amazing celebrity guest lineup, including Robert England, can be found at flashbackweekend.com. We have this news from the Nowhere Haunted House in Grove Heights, Minnesota. Insomnia is a hardcore, hands-on, fully immersive experience offered by Nowhere Haunted House. As you check yourself into our terrifyingly unorthodox sleep study, you'll notice there's something off with the staff and other patients. Something unsettling. After solving puzzles to escape your exam room, you'll creep along darkened corridors as you encounter disturbing dream sequences and hope for a way out. This production is for ages 18 and over only and requires a signed waiver. Actors will be able to touch participants. Happening select nights beginning this September, check back for more details and to purchase advanced tickets at their website, NowhereHauntedHouse.com. We have this news from the Darkness Haunted Attraction in St. Louis. Now hiring the scariest monster actors, security, carpenters, animation electronic techs, makeup artists, tractor drivers, and anyone with artistic talent, including painters, sculptors, social media managers, and more. Please fill out the application on our website. Choose which position and haunt you're interested in working at, the Darkness, Limp, or Creepy World. You may also apply for a Game Master role at our escape rooms. Thank you in advance for considering a fun job with us this season. If you have a special talent, such as a stage show performer, please email us directly at info at scarefest.com. Get more information and a link to our applications at scarefest.com. We have this news from Terror in the Corn Haunted Attraction in Erie, Colorado. We're now hiring actors, support staff, and security for our upcoming season. 
Join the Fright Squad staff and become part of the nationally recognized haunted attraction, Terror in the Corn. No experience is required. Visit terrorinthecorn.com slash employment to apply. We have this news from the Red Vane Haunted House in Ashland, Virginia. Do you have an insatiable love for Halloween? A strong work ethic, reliable transportation, and an availability five or six weekends throughout September and October? Then wear the haunt for you. Red Vane is a professional attraction and filled with dedicated haunters throughout. We love to scare and can't wait to meet you. During these interest meetings, you'll be given a quick informational sheet to fill out on who you are and your availability. Then we'll chat a little bit about your experience and the opportunities we have available. Interested actors might be asked to run through a few quick actor exercises as well. Available positions include haunt actors, escape room managers, gift shop assistants, box office assistants, and more. Interest meeting dates are August 10th, 17th, and 26th. Email info at redvanehaunt.com or visit their Facebook page, facebook.com slash redvanehaunt, for more information. We have this news from Creatures of the Night Haunted Attraction in Canby, Oregon. Creatures is now casting acting, tech, construction, artist, and management roles for this year's upcoming haunted house. Apply at creatureshaunt.com. We welcome potential creatures interested in acting, building, costuming, set design, tech, makeup artistry, prop building, and more. Let us know your passions at CreaturesHaunt.com. We have this from the Haunted Harvest in Chino, California. Do you enjoy the thrills of creating your own persona, being a part of an evil family lurking through darkness, awaiting to scare your next victim? Do you want to be part of the only haunted corn maze walkthrough in Southern California? Do you want to be a part of the largest up-and-coming haunt at over one acre of Thrills Chills and be a part of our haunt family? We're looking for new blood to join our scare team this fall. Our event is located in Chino, California at Frosty's Forest and Pumpkin Patch. Auditions will be held August 6th and 7th at the Ayers Hotel in Chino Hills from 12 to 5 p.m. Get more info and a link to apply at facebook.com slash thehauntedharvest. And finally, we have this update from Days of the Dead coming to Los Angeles. We hate to be the bearer of bad news, but for logistical reasons, we have decided to postpone the August 2022 Los Angeles show to August 25th through the 27th, 2023. Ticket holders, we are in the process of issuing refunds. Vendors, we can move your table to next year or to another show or offer you a refund. Our sincerest apologies, but we will see you in 2023. You can keep up with updates at their website, daysofthedead.com. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> ha 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 ha! 
Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let dark imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Since 2007, professional and home haunters alike have trusted our award-winning and dedicated skeleton crew to make their nightmares come true. Whether you need graphic design services, logos, websites, spooky visuals, or creepy changing portraits, we can help your business look its scary best. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the Earth. This is A Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, there's a candy conspiracy afoot. Yep, I'm putting together all the pieces and definitely a conspiracy to have you buy way much more Halloween candy than you need and to eat it and not have it. And then also to not have the sale thing. I mean, you guys, you know, we're haunters. We love November 1st only because, you know, stuff is half price. And if you've noticed over the past couple of years, uh, the Halloween candy has, like, disappeared. It's gone November 1st. It's actually been replaced by all your Christmas candy and everything. Uh, and that's by design. And this year, the design is even more diabolical. Let's look about a week ago when a tractor trailer moving Halloween candy in July spontaneously caught on fire on a highway in Pennsylvania. That's right, the whole thing went up in smoke, melted candy everywhere. Now, this is the thing we're removing candy, you know, in this ridiculous heat for Halloween in July. Of course, it's going to catch fire and stuff. But suspiciously enough, this week, Hershey's, you know, the guys who make all sorts of candy and a lot of stuff for Halloween, said, eh, we don't think we're going to have enough for Halloween. What? We're not going to have enough candy for Halloween. I cannot have enough candy. I can see not having enough Halloween candy, but, you know, that's just because you changed the wrapper. It's the exact same candy. And, you know, if it doesn't have that Halloween wrapper, you ain't going to be discounting or hiding it on November 1st like they have been. No, they're, they're really messing with you now. It's a full candy conspiracy. I'm putting together the pieces, and it's all there. Yep, they're trying to really get you to buy Halloween candy in July, eat it, and think there won't be enough so that you buy it again in September and then have to get more in October, which you can get candy, but it'll probably just be a regular large bars, or you'll be handing out Santas on uh, Halloween because you ate all the other candy. But no, they're just manufacturing. Because if you look and they say, why are they not going to have enough candy? Well, it's, oh, well, it's a production issue. It's an ingredient issue. It's um, We've been stockpiling, but we don't have enough. Oh, we got to use the same line for uh, our seasonal candy as our regular candy. And then, you know, well, we, we don't have enough people to do it. It's like every excuse under the sun, but the solution is to start more lines. Well, if it's ingredients or too much demand or everything, that doesn't make sense. How can ingredients solve it if you add another line? Not going to work. Yes, it's a candy conspiracy, and they're just manufacturing a demand so that you buy the candy, need the candy, eat all the candy, and, you know, you gotta buy it again, because it's so easy. Candy's everywhere. That's why it's, you know, 
not going to be a shortage. It's, you can always get it. Hand out gum, whatever. So be sure you're feeding your actors. Stock up on the candy now as they're going to go toilet paper and make you think the aisles are empty, but they won't. They'll be candy someplace. And until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Hunters of Ohio. That means home hunters, scare actors, makeup artists, haunt owners, and even Halloween enthusiasts. Join the Ohio Haunters Association on Facebook. Our goal is to support haunters at all levels and promote the industry in the state with the most haunts. Be on the lookout for future events like the upcoming meeting at Carnage Haunted House in Columbus on August 14th at 1 p.m. There will be food, raffles, and shirts for sale. Terry Rook will speak on actor training, and Carnage will offer a walkthrough tour. Again, find all this information and more at the Ohio Haunters Association Facebook group, Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. gentlemen that music does signify once again that the round table of terror is on the air proudly sponsored by haunt pay if you have questions about online ticketing if you want to know what a virtual queue line is or anything else regarding buying tickets and selling tickets online talk to alex and his fine staff they will set you right up at hauntpay.com well folks By the time this show airs, it's going to be the very end of July, the very early bit of August. August is the last month we have to go through before the beginning of September, which for most of us is the unofficial start of haunt season. A lot of haunts start opening their doors and their gates and their crypts in mid to late September, so we're all excited about that. We know you're out there building, painting, nailing, hammering, hiring actors, recruiting folks, getting your makeup tables and makeup rooms set. But are you talking to any other haunts besides your own? Do you work with any other haunts besides your own? I know right now everyone's kind of concentrating on their own stuff, but um, this is a good time of the year to start talking with maybe some of your other haunts in your area about maybe how do you cross promote? Maybe you guys can work together, maybe do some kind of a ticket thing. Who knows? You know, we all we hear about the horrible 
feuds, quote unquote, that go on with some haunted attractions, actors going to one haunt, leaving bad reviews and plugging their own haunts for lack of a better word. But there are groups and pockets in this country that um, haunts just really work together. We hope there's more out there. We know there's more out there. But we really hope that uh, every haunt out there works with every other haunt in the local area to get people together, to raise awareness, to promote each other. So we're going to talk a little bit about promoting your haunts, working together with other haunts, with a few people who know a little bit about this sort of thing. So we have some very special guests with us, a couple you've actually heard if you were listening to the last show. Uh, let's start things off in Ohio. We have Maximus Christian Bryant with us. He is the president of the Ohio Haunters Association. He's a very fine sponsor of our show and also an actor at the Dent Schoolhouse. And he knows a little bit about getting haunts to work together and do things. Maximus, are you with us, sir? I am here. Thank you for having me. That big booming voice, man. Glad to see you at uh, Haunters Against Hate a few weeks ago in Lexington. Always a pleasure to hang out and talk shop with you. So much fun. Glad I got to see you. Absolutely. And another person we got to hang out with and talk shop at the Haunters Against Hate convention was Travis Bowling, the owner of the American Horrorplex in Louisville, Kentucky, who's also associated with what's called Louisville Halloween. We'll find out what that is. Travis, my friend, are you there? I am here from the world beyond. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. No. And, <laughs> and we also want to introduce Michael Book, who is the CEO of Louisville Halloween. They've been doing this for a long, long time. There's over 25 haunts in the Louisville area, and apparently he has gotten them all to work together. He also has other things going on. Michael, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I don't have the big booming voice of Maximus or Travis, so I apologize. I'm a little more dull. Um, I wouldn't is. say that, you know, it's it's me working, getting everybody to work together. I think it was all of us collectively working together. So a, a, a very sentient point there. So thank you for the correction on that. And we want to introduce our regular hosts. First of all, up in Warwick, Rhode Island, we have Storm. Greetings from Rhode Island, where haunts normally have to collaborate with turkeys than other haunts. Shame we don't have Shame we don't do that at Thanksgiving. Uh, down in Cincinnati, another veteran of the Dent Schoolhouse, we have Meat Hook Jim. Uh, greetings from the lovely area of Cincinnati. I am looking forward to the beginning of September because I'm going to be in Rhode Island. It'd probably be a little cooler than Cincinnati. Yes. And we may have to talk about that at some point in the future. We will. Over in Fayetteville, Arkansas, we have the owner of Banshee Manor, who also works with some other local haunts in the area, Jonna, a.k.a. the Old Crone. Welcome. Hello. Um, can you hear me? Yes, we can. <laughs> okay. We can I'm hear you. Fine. You can come up to Rhode Island whenever you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I've we, been we busy know. being a sea witch the last week, so... I'm a little technology challenge today. We do know you just got back from a cruise and the Texas Haunters Convention. And, yes. and we look forward to hearing about that as well. My name is Drew Badger in Charlotte, North Carolina. It was freaking hot and humid here. I hate July. I hate August, even though it's my birthday month. But I am also looking forward to 
September because haunts will be starting up. But anyway, let's talk about haunts. Let's talk about how we get haunts to work together and all sorts of good things. And I think, Michael, you would be the best person to speak to about this. Louisville Halloween. They've been mentioned on the news many, many times. I get your email notifications. I get your your newsletters, whatever the, they're calling for. You have lots of events that go on during the course of the year with a lot of different haunts represented. Tell us what Louisville Halloween is and how the haunts you know, function within Louisville Halloween. I understand you've been doing this for about a dozen years. Uh, Louisville Halloween, yeah, about a dozen years. And the founding, the founding company of Louisville Halloween, Danger Run, which would be 28 years, te- technically 29. We had a year off. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we started working together with attractions in the Louisville market with the Danger Run. And it was always, you know, a founding principle of it to be able to work together with these attractions and also bring these attractions together in a way that, you know, they were willing to work together. And at that time, you know, that wasn't, you know, always the easiest thing to do. Um, but when we found Louisville Halloween about 12 years ago, um, the whole goal was to give a place for people of the, of the area of the DMA to find everything that there is to do for Halloween, whether it be haunted houses or, you know, pumpkin carving or trick or treating or horror movies or whatever the case may be having one place where you can really find anything you would be interested in for that Halloween season or that Halloween quote unquote culture. And Um, how many, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I just took a <laughs> drink. Um, so what we did with that is, you know, we gave the ability for attractions to promote, you know, promote themselves, whether it be on the website or with the different events that we, you know, we operate throughout the year as well as in the fall. Um, now, right now we have, you know, a whole host of different events that we have going on. We have monthly movie nights and we've had other haunts come out and represent themselves at those movie nights in one form or fashion whether you know they're creating some of their characters to come out or um they're bringing some you know something out to bend with or whatever it is maybe they're bringing their their car out or whatever to decorate i mean a whole completely different component just to add to that that actual event um but you know we've also done um, job fairs where and Travis is actually part of those job fairs um, where we brought everybody together and we were all hiring together um, and bringing instead of us trying to you know each promote our own individual hiring processes have one single hiring process in one location uh, where we could bring more people out as opposed to you know each one of us just sitting there at each of our attractions hoping that you know we'll get 20 people or whatever that comes that day. Um, so we've done that. We've done, you know, videos, walkthroughs of individual attractions with interviews with the owners. Uh, we do write-ups on those individual attractions. Um, what, with what's, what's new at those attractions, etc. So, um, I mean, it's, the list goes on and on. It's, it's hard to be exhaustive without just taking up all of this time, but. I think it's a brilliant idea to have a whole group of haunts together 
when you're hiring. I know we've, you know, the big thing nowadays is a lot of haunts are having trouble finding people. And maybe you want to apply at a particular haunt and you go and look at it and it's not exactly what you want, but hey, there's a table right next to you and they may have what you want. It's what it sounds like. Travis, you said you uh, are, or Michael says you're a part of this. How does, how does this work as far as being a part of the hiring thing? Are there standards that you guys all meet or is it some kind of, you know, we're an extreme haunt. They're not an extreme haunt. You know, these people do this, those people do that. How does it, how does that work? Well, for being on the ground, especially at the job fair, <clears throat> it was uh, really neat to watch people go from booth to booth and kind of find what they were looking for uh, because each haunt uh, in even the small markets are different from each other. You know, they've got different themes, they're indoor, they're outdoor. And those people, um, uh, you know, for example, Richard teach out with uh, Asylum Haunt Screen Park whenever they were still in operation, they were right next to us. And so we just scooted our booths next to each other. And as people would walk in, we'd go, do you want to work inside or outside? And then we'd just pass each other to whoever they were going to. And, um, you know, one of the things that we all agreed on that Mike had actually set up was we did not talk about pay whatsoever on the, on the floor. Um, those were things that we would do separately once the person decided to interview with us at our individual locations. And, you know, that's, that's a really good thing, I think, because, you know, people don't work at haunts to make a lot of money. They're doing this because it's an art form that they love. Um, you know, we're not all like Maximus can, and make that big money, uh, squashing pumpkins, but, um, you know, it kept everybody from cannibalizing each other and really push the message that we're all working together and just want to see anyone who's interested in this, uh, to be able to flourish wherever they go. So, um, and we had a blast too. We were playing pranks on each other and everything else while we were there at the job fair and, then, um, you know, we've done other things outside of that. Um, you know, we're always experimenting with each other to find out what can we do to bring more customers first and, first and foremost to our market. Um, you know, that's one thing that um, I think the Louisville market is somewhat lacking compared to Cincinnati and uh, even Lexington and things like that. So we're all working together to try to raise the water level so all of us float a little higher. How yeah, that's actually a good point uh, Travis just made. Um, so he's actually <laughs> paraphrasing the quote by John F. Kennedy, a rising tide raises all boats. And that was really, you know, the foundation of what we were trying to accomplish um, with doing all this together uh, was to, you know, grow the interest and awareness in the market. And as you do that, all of us benefit from it. And that was the concept behind it. Is it still going on or how successful was it over the years? Or if it's not going on right now, why not? It just, again, it just sounds like a brilliant idea. Uh, well, the job fair, actually, no, we have not done that in a few years. Um, it's a great question. Um, so, you know, we had tried doing the job fair in multiple locations. Um, I mean, it's, it ends up being a fairly sizable and, you know, time-consuming event, as you could probably imagine. Um, and there's, you know, public relations and all that involved with it. Um, but, yeah, we haven't done it probably, I don't know, maybe four years or so. Um, but we had moved it from 
um, a location out. It's actually the University of Louisville location out in the East End. And we moved it more central to 4th Street Live. And, you know, 4th Street Live is a great location, but unfortunately nobody really wanted to go to 4th Street Live. <laughs> so um, not, you know, not anything against us or anything. It was just, it's not a popular venue as it used to be. Um, even though it's, you know, it was beautiful for what we did. It was a lot of fun. Um, we had a stage and we had, you know, makeup content or makeup shows going on. It was, it was a really, really cool event. Um, but it, it got to the point where the amount of time that it was taking to create this overall attraction, um, cause that's really what it was. It's more of an attraction or event that, um, the number of people that we were pulling out as far as for a job fair just wasn't netting enough for the entire market. And that's where it becomes something where you have to start considering, well, if we're not pulling out enough job candidates to fulfill all the hiring needs of everyone that is a part of the job fair, then is it really considered successful for each individual that's participating, if that makes any sense. So um, now Travis, he was always one of the more prolific with hiring. <laughs> <the students. laughs> um, he would always, it was pretty brilliant really, but he would always create these sub events directly after the job fair where, you know, he was sending people directly over to his location immediately from the job fair um, where, you know, they would do, you know, whatever, auditions and whatever else he had going on over there which you know was pretty brilliant on his part um, now mike can i quote you on travis bowling being brilliant can i go ahead and just oh yeah of course <laughs> we, we can edit that out if you want <laughs> <laughs> but i was i was very curious about this this is uh this is fascinating i i, I love the concept and um I know there are places and I know there are haunts that have, you know, non-compete clauses, but did you ever have, you know, like one actor would work at a haunt for a couple of years and then you go to the job fair and they decide they want to go to another. And was there ever an issue with that with any of the owners? I wonder. Um, I mean, I don't know about Travis's side for us that, you know, that was never really the case. You know, if, if you work with this one year, that doesn't necessarily mean you're working with us every year. Um, because there are other attractions out there that uh, you should definitely go check out and see if there's something that's more suited for you. If, if maybe what we do isn't perfect for what you have an interest in, maybe, but maybe Travis has something that you are more driven to, or maybe Haunted Hotel or wherever it is in the market. There's so many different locations you can go to and each one, you know, it's, it's a lot like, um, artists and paintings because what we're doing is creating a, probably one of the most complex forms of art that exists and you know michelangelo and picasso both phenomenal artists but both completely different and that's really what a haunt is too all of them are completely different and unique and you know each one makes each one unique and special just by that well and and mike i think that as far as you know, one person working at a certain location for a year or two and then moves on, that's ne not necessarily a bad thing. And, you know, when, especially like our industry nights, you know, uh, that we do here in Louisville, it really gives all of the talent that we have in all the different haunts to see 
the other, I don't want to say competition, but the other haunts. And they may fall in love with something that, man, I would love to be able to be, you know, the, the mermaid that you have uh, there at Pope Lick, or, you know, can I be the butcher at Malice Manor? You know, because that room just really says something to me. And usually those kids will come up to me and say, hey, Travis, you know, I, I think I'm going to try them out. Do I have your blessing? Well, yeah. And then, you know, I'll reach out to the other owners and say, hey, so-and-so is coming. they got no ill will. Um, you know, they're good kids. You know, if you got any questions, holler at me, you know, because that's what it's about. I mean, you know, that's if you love Halloween and love haunted houses, get it everywhere you can. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that too, Travis, because that's one of the other things in our hiring process. And I'm pretty sure Travis does this too. Um, I can't speak for all haunts, at least in this market or anywhere really. But, you know, we specifically ask if, you know, they have experience with another attraction. And if so, you know, we, we also reach out to, you know, the owner of that attraction and make sure that, you know, that it's okay to consider them for a position, make sure that it's pretty transparent because we don't want any bad blood as if we were, you know, scalping their, their staff because that's really not what we're trying to do. Right. And I know a lot of people get offended when a good actor goes off to another haunt that is, as you said, competition or not. So it's, uh, it's hopeful. Maybe you'll bring that back sometime. I would, I would certainly love to attend something like that and, you know, I, I hope that there are other areas in the country that do that. So, but it, moving on to, go ahead. Sorry. It is a lot of fun. I'll bet. And I'll Maximus, let's, let's talk a little bit about the Ohio Haunters Association. You haven't, uh, haven't heard from me yet. Tell us what that is and um, how some of the uh, attractions that you have in there, how they work together. I know you've got an event coming up in a couple of weeks, and I assume there will be multiple haunts represented at that event as well. So the Ohio Haunters Association, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to read from this because this is what was written up a few years ago. Ohio Haunters Association exists to strengthen the haunt industry here in Ohio, build relationships and support our communities. We want to share our love of Halloween and the haunted attraction industry in a positive way so that future generations will be able to enjoy the holiday just as we do. Um, so we exist on Facebook. We are a Facebook group and we try to be uh, rather active. Uh, we, we try to encourage haunt owners, actors, home haunters, makeup artists, everybody to be part of the group and to share like projects that they're working on, uh, share events that they have going on. We just try to promote the industry in Ohio as best as we can by informing people, letting people know what's going on when like haunts having off season events, Last couple years, I've made a video series. I've kind of split Ohio into four sections, and I would make a video series about each quadrant, uh, what haunts were opening when, and ticket prices and stuff like that. So that, and in hopes that the video would get shared out as much as possible, and then people would be able to uh, go and see some haunts. Uh, we also hold meetings. Uh, usually right now we're doing them every other month and Travis has actually come and spoken at one of our meetings. Uh, actually it was the first meeting uh, we had back where we started picking up doing the meetings again. And he came and spoke about uh, actor hiring and retention. And uh, he was, he was a fantastic uh, speaker. So thank you, Travis, for uh, coming and speaking. It was the least I could do. 
And so, you know, like even even if Travis is not from Ohio, I like I knew Travis was a fantastic resource to have. And so I was very happy to have him come and speak. And uh, usually with the meetings, a haunted attraction will volunteer and say, hey, we will host you and we will come. And the haunted attraction oftentimes provides food as well. And they will oftentimes let us do a walkthrough tour. So we try to make it to where people have an opportunity to network. They have some food to eat. We hear from a friend fantastic speaker like Travis on varying different topics of uh, haunting because we want to help with education in the haunt industry as well. And then uh, people get to walk through the haunt. And uh, I think I I feel like the last few meetings we've had have been a lot of fun. And the upcoming one we have at uh, Carnage on August 14th is the last one we're going to do before the haunt season begins because people are just super, super busy. But we're going to have a speaker on actor training and uh you know again people will have opportunity in the network and and it's been great to have a lot of people in the haunt industry come together meet and start to uh kind of maybe have these little little groups form up that uh talk about a lot of the things that like michael and uh travis do they 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 kind of want to team up and do some cross promoting and uh, uh so there there's there's things that already exist and and then there's some uh alliances or uh or relationships that are budding and starting to grow I think you're muted, Drew. Hopefully we'll edit that out. Do we, uh, do you have an idea about how many haunts are attending these meetings? How many different haunts? I mean, if you had 30 people or 22 from different haunts, or are they all like the local guys and then like maybe a couple of others? Well, it's kind of a mixture because like I try to make the meetings at different, different geographical areas in Ohio. So like the first one was in Dayton. The second one was up closer to Mansfield, Perrysville area uh, or Perrysburg. Yeah. Uh, and then this upcoming one's going to be in uh, Columbus. So uh, I, if I, if I had to guess how many attractions were in, that came to the meeting, I'm going to say around 20, uh, different ones may have been represented in some way, not all by owners. Some are actors, uh, some are makeup artists. They so, and it's di- and it's different at each meeting that uh, people that will come up, and that's kind of the point of having the meetings kind of travel around the state, so that you know if a person from Cleveland couldn't make it to Dayton, we try to get closer to Cleveland so that Cleveland folk can att- attend. Makes perfect sense to me. I like the idea of dividing the state up into four pieces and and kind of rotating around so that's kind of neat yeah uh, there's great haunts all over ohio and and we try to take a lot of pride in ohio and that's why we love promoting uh the industry as a whole and even though i work at a haunt i don't you know i i still love the industry as a whole in ohio and try to you know promote that and let people know what's going on and i don't view that as taking it away from my haunt that i work at at all uh I, I think that only just helps actually, because if I, if I do it for others, I believe that, you know, karma kind of comes back and people are like, you know, yeah, you, you can check out this haunt or you can check out this haunt. And, and even as a cue line actor, uh, sometimes in character, people will meet me before going into the house. And when they come out, they'll sometimes say like, Oh, you know, that was great. I'd love to go see another haunt. And in character while working for Dent, I will sometimes say like, Hey, well, you know, just a few minutes South, is the USS Nightmare. Go check them out. And, and that that doesn't harm us in any way to do that. Do you have quote unquote feuds going on in Ohio where, you know, 
this haunt won't talk to that haunt or those actors are going to those other places and leaving bad reviews and things like you have in this other is, places. I do know that this has happened and, and there are some haunts in Ohio. I, I would like to say that they, they are a lot fewer than I think people make them out to be there. There's a few bad apples here and there, but you know, we're trying to work against that where we try to get haunts that will work together. Like a great example would be a uh, blood prison, Mohican haunted schoolhouse and trail of nightmares all around the Mansfield area. They, they have signs out when you leave their haunt, they have signs out that show the other two haunts and say, Hey, you know, you, you came through, go see these other two haunts. I know uh haunted town hall over in Lafayette. They, they have a sign for uh, purgatory haunt in Finley. They will. So the, the sign is there when you get onto the property, it's like, Hey, go check out this other haunt. And they also work with chainers field of screams. And so they have a great relationship there as well. But you know, then there is still the haunts that for some reason, believe that it's helpful to them if their actors go and leave uh bad reviews uh so there there's uh there's a new haunt that's going to be opening up in the cleveland area and there's already bad reviews uh that have popped up on its uh uh review page and it's kind of like why how you know they're, they're not even open so like you know it, it makes no sense for that for that to be the case and, and so you know that you kind of worry about that i do know that from us like when i started working at the den schoolhouse we were told very early on that we are not to go onto any other haunt haunts uh, uh review page whether it be facebook or google we are not to leave bad reviews we we just don't do that because it looks bad because you know like uh, those of us that work at a haunt we typically talk a lot about the fact that we work at a haunt or we share photos so it's not hard for people to go and see Ooh, maximus said this and he clearly works at a uh, dense schoolhouse based on a lot of his photos so why is he going and bashing another nearby haunt or leaving bad reviews like there there's a there's some bad motivation there and so we're very uh, we're very clear on that and i've had to get on fellow actors uh cases i've seen them post negative reviews before and i will message them and i say take that down and we we kind of have it a policy in our uh in, uh in our employee handbook that talks about this and i said you know knock it you know go go delete it or you know you can have a conversation with the owners because this is not the culture that we're trying to push. We don't do that. We do not need people thinking of my haunt or any other haunt being that kind of person. So we, we are sensitive to that and we, we try very hard to work against that. And Ohio Haunters Association with through the meetings and through every other effort that we try to do in, encourages networking at every avenue that we can because we do believe that other haunts are not your competition. We, you know, the rise of, uh, when after COVID, when Friday night football started kicking back up, that's your competition or festivals who may have pushed themselves into the fall. That may have been your competition, but other haunts are not. Matter of fact, I think that, you know, if you do things like what blood prison does, you probably may end up with more traffic. Uh, just because again, like I said, as my experience as an actor, people go through the haunt. They want to go see another haunt uh, pretty much almost immediately after because it's an exciting time. You're caught up in the moment and exploit it as you can. It's, it's absolutely great. I do want to remind you all that you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on the Big Scary Show with our very special guests, Maximus Christian Bryant, Travis Bowling, and Michael Book, and our usual co-host talking about haunt organizations and working together. We're going to take a very short break, and we will be right back. 
Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. And we're back to the round table of terror. We are talking haunts working together, cross promotions, job fairs, all things non-feuding related. We don't like to see haunts feuding with each other. We want everybody to work together because it only benefits the industry as a whole. We have very special guests, Michael Book of Louisville Halloween, Travis Bowling of the American Harplex, Maximus Christian Bryant of the Ohio Haunters Association, our regular hosts, including Jana, who we did not talk to before the break, but she actually was a member, a founding member, I believe, of an association not too unlike Louisville Halloween over in Northwest Arkansas. Jana, what did you do? Yeah, um, about 13 years ago, um, I really just wanted someone else I could talk to about haunts. And I was a home haunter and just really wanted to learn more about uh, professional haunting and things like that. And I decided to try to put together a local group. So I just literally reached out to all of the local haunts and said, hey, would you guys like to get together someday? You know, gave kind of a date and a place and, you know, just talk about maybe, you know, working together and stuff. So that became the Northwest Arkansas Haunt and at one point we had 13 members because we included not just professional haunts, but also um, home haunters and a couple of uh, different types of Halloween events, like a big zombie crawl that happened in Rick Springs and some things like that. And um, we, we have now kind of dwindled out because um, with me being the one that manned all of that, I, and once I became professional, it was kind of hard for me to do that. But the friendships and the relationships with the haunts has definitely remained um, because we've, we've all become friends whenever any of us needs anything. We just, you know, we have like a little message chat that we do now and say, hey, does anybody have such such or does anyone have an issue? Um, I open later than everyone else does and everyone's been kind enough to let me go out and uh, promote my haunt at their haunts. Um, they you know, we all put posters up of each other's haunt at the locations. Um, we even, I've even had like my second year, one of the largest haunts in this area, they said as a thank you for all of the stuff I had been doing before to help promote all the haunts, they said, we want to do something to help you get yours going. And they actually brought me a bunch of coupons and they did a live Facebook live and said, Hey, Go to Banshee Manor. They're going to hand, you know, go through their haunt. And then they're going to hand you a coupon that you can then bring to our haunt to save $5 on your ticket price. You know, that's awesome. I mean, that is great. And we've never seen each other as competitors. Um, on nights that I'm, I'm closed and I get phone calls, I say, no, I'm closed tonight. But you can, so-and-so and so-and-so is open tonight. You can go check them out. They're all great. Um, I'm open on Sunday nights where they're not. So they'd get calls. I say, Hey, no, go to Fayetteville, go see Banshee Manor. 
I'm the only one that's ADA. So if they get any calls about that, they say we're not ADA, but we know who who is, and and please go out and and visit um, that haunt. So um, we have a really good working relationship with everyone, and I I honestly think a lot of my success has been um, payback for things I have done to help their haunts before I became pro. Now you said you started as a home haunter. Did you, yes. was there any flack because you were a quote home haunter and not a quote professional haunter? We did at the first, we had um, one haunt that kind of stuck their nose up a little bit saying, well, you know, we shouldn't have home haunters They're You know, they're not in the same league. And, and um, I kindly reminded her that it was the home haunters that was going out and doing booths and going out and, and passing out flyers and um, doing all the promotion work that they didn't have time to do. Um, and we weren't getting anything out of that. We weren't making any money off of doing that. Um, we wasn't making any money by getting more people to come to our home haunts. And I, yeah, I kind of reminded her of, of uh, you know, there is no pecking order. And we got that worked out and everything, you know, was fine after that. Very nice. How about the, you guys? Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, you know, that that's a great story with the just the informalness that you can do and start these types of relationships. You know, we have uh, some incredible associations on with tonight who've been doing this for, you know, decades. And the stuff doesn't just grow overnight, but it starts with that little thing. I know when, um, you know, the big thing you'd uh, around with us would be putting flyers out for your haunt at different stores. So if you went to your local ghost themed temporary um halloween store uh you'd ask to put out flyers but it gets so bad at times that they just made the policy and said no no we don't put out any flyers because you'd have haunts putting in flyers taking out air flyers causing issues leaving a mess not being courteous and stuff and i'd say oh yeah that's no problem i'd still chat with them and stuff and i i'd ask them all right you know hey how's your season going with this because that's always a trend to see you know if these stores start doing good in September, you know, your haunt's going to do good that first weekend, you know, uh, of October. Uh, that, that was an interesting trend. And I'd ask them if they had any coupons and stuff. Even if you have another business that can't do it or doesn't do it right for you, offer to do something for them. It's no skin off your teeth. And I'd leave, you know, coupons to the store or, at, or any flyers or anything they had at uh, our ticket booth. And I'll tell you, after the first year, the second year I go there, they still got the policy, no flyers, but they'd, they'd thank me and they go, you know, go, go put a couple in the corner. Just make sure it doesn't become a mess. And then after that, they start asking for more. So you can always build those relationships, which are neat. Uh, one question I got for our guests is, you know, the makeup and you know, the haunts that are working together, are they just haunts or do you have some uh, membership which are also other businesses that are doing the haunt attractions as a seasonal thing, such as farms and entertainment center. There, there is a, there, there, I do, I do exact, uh, there's an example of one haunt who, well, actually, no, there's several haunts who, who are, who have a primary business outside of doing haunting and they, so haunting is just their seasonal thing. And so they, they, they are seeking, oftentimes advice on how to do things uh so for example there uh, i know that there's an eco center it, it's more of a nature preserve uh and they do haunting as a fundraising there there's a uh 
there's another haunt that uh, deals with uh, special needs adults throughout the entire year, and they do haunting as a fundraiser. Uh, so, you know, we have people there, but um, uh, <clears throat> and doing that. And we also have people who primarily only do like photography and videography uh, and people who uh, are primarily just doing uh prop making or halloween prop making and our association also has several people who are involved in the paranormal uh uh world of it and, and luckily i haven't seen any uh strange rivalries pop up amongst the paranormal folk yet <laughs> so but I, i'm not too much involved in that uh area myself but you know uh, but oftentimes the paranormal folk are going into these creepy areas and these creepy areas sometimes also have haunted attractions so we 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 kind of see that as an overlap and we welcome them in the group How about that's fantastic people? to hear vendors and paranormal associations getting in with these groups because you know every single haunted attraction has a ghost story there's absolutely no haunted attraction that does not also have a ghost story well you know, i gotta chime in and say hey anybody want to sponsor truth paranormal because that's my team contact uh, meat hook jim at big if you would like to sponsor truth paranormal <laughs> crickets i think that yeah. Hey, I want to mention something about the posters. Um, one of the things we did with the NWA Hauntors was we did one poster, basically had a map of the corner of Northwest Arkansas and had like numbered stars where the haunts were and then had all the information. So basically, um, we called it the map to the scares. So instead of having, you know, 10 posters up at somewhere like spirit halloween or halloween express we had one great big one and it was very eye-catching and everyone could just go oh well okay this was near me okay and they could figure out you know like hey well let's go to this one and when we get done we've got this one's close enough to go on over it too and we found that very helpful and a lot of businesses that didn't want a bunch of posters and flyers because that was just one thing they were a lot more receptive to letting us put that up than you know, all of us going to the same place and asking them and, you know, and everything else. Um, so that might be an idea that somebody might want to use. That's an idea I've heard of. And I've, I've, I've actually, I really, really like the idea. It's it, some like being as wide of an area that we're picking like Ohio, where there's a hundred plus attractions, you know, like you would want to include as many haunts as you can, but you also want to be fair to the uh, haunts that, are willing to show the poster so you would like wouldn't necessarily want to put up a haunt that is refusing to participate um and they wouldn't be listed in the thing and then their actors get all upset about it or something like that but i mean it's an idea that i've definitely uh liked the idea of and i want to i've actually really wanted to do that and think and what they've done in louisville halloween has actually influenced a lot of things that i want to do i think actually the idea about the videos that we made about which haunts are opening was a uh, kind of um was inspired by the two minute walkthrough videos that uh that they did in Louisville Halloween. I just wasn't going to be able to go to all the haunts. So I thought, but you know what? I like the idea about videos being put out before the haunts open. And so uh, thanks Louisville Halloween for the inspiration. And, uh, but I do know that uh, several haunts 
through the meetings have talked to each other and they wanted to do like a, you know, like a create their own bus tour, or they want to kind of do a cross promote thing where on the back of one of their tickets is maybe a small discount to uh, go to another haunt. Um, this is something I've seen up in like the Akron area, but the, the two haunts that do it are owned by the same person, but you do see on the back of one ticket, it's like, Hey, go to this haunt and have a, you know, a, get with a discount. And I think that that would actually be fairly effective for some haunts to get into. Yeah. So, and we've also done similar to your posters because we've had posters with different attractions. So we didn't have a map on it, um, but we did have posters that we put around town with the different participating attractions on it. Uh, we also had flyers that we were distributing to, I mean, I don't even remember how many locations at this point where all of those participating attractions were kind of listed on there, but we would also have for more go to, you know, the, the website, because even though maybe they're not necessarily participating, um, we still like to have the information of those attractions out there, at least on our end somehow, so maybe they're not on the flyer or the poster or whatever, but they were on the website for the most part. Um, so we're still sending people their way regardless. Well, the and- most underutilized, uh, uh, I think, map uh, or group uh, that could collaborate and do a map are home haunters. You know, again, you guys not excluded from this conversation, but man, people people would love maps of the local displays. Yeah, I 100% agree with that, actually. Um, you know, we get, with with our attraction danger and we, we do try to find some of the home monitors and put them along our, you know, our routes for our games with the danger run, if we can find them. And, and that's one of the other disparities, or disparities that I see is, you know, a lot of them that are out there, you know, it's just hard to get in touch with them that they don't necessarily know uh, to you know, reach out or know that, it, you know, there are others out there just like them that um, would want to come together and inform others of, you know, their, their cool little home on. And a lot of these home haunts that I've seen sometimes are better than professional haunts. So, I mean, yeah, I've seen some pretty elaborate home haunts. We actually want to engage the home haunter more on our end. And what the idea that we're coming up for the coming season is that we're making up these cards, these little cards, and the cards will uh, say something to the effect of, hey, I saw your Halloween display. It looks amazing. Come show photos of it on the Ohio Haunters Association page. And the way that it would work is that different members would have these cards and you're driving around and you've seen some amazing home displays and everything. And all you would do is just, take the card, go drop it off in their mailbox. And you kind of hope that, that we would be able to engage the home haunter more that way uh, because we want, we do want more of them involved and uh, to see a lot more of that creation. Cause a lot of haunts that I'm aware of did start off as home haunters. And, and like Michael said, some of them look, <laughs> some of them do look better than some of the pro haunts. Well, I know of at least two pro haunts in our market that started as home haunts uh, Grim Trails, you know, they were a home haunt for years. And uh, then we've got a haunt that is coming out now from Hatler Haunt uh, that will be opening up this year. And I mean, both of them were just amazing home haunts. I, I went to uh, Hatler Haunt and found some new creative ideas for scenes. Um, you know, and that's one of the great things about being able to visit other attractions and people who are working on a strict show shoestring budget um because i mean ultimately 
I know that's what I work with every year. But um, talking about cross-promoting a little bit more, I know early on in the uh, off-season, I had sent out a message to a bunch of the local haunts here, and many of us have decided that, you know, we've all got the big blow-up movie screen showing things in the queue lines, and we're going to be sharing our commercials that way, trying to keep that captive audience excited about going to the next haunt after this one. And That's an amazing idea. I, I think it's going to do really well. And, you know, like I said, our our market isn't that huge as far as attendance on uh, our haunts. I think that they could do so much better and working together is helping with that. Um, so, I mean, why not spread it around a little bit more? So I'm looking forward to seeing what that does to see how far or, you know, Fear Fair and Seymour, you know, it's 50 miles from us. Um, you know, how many people will see his commercial from Louisville and going up there and check him out? <clears throat> that is an interesting question. How big is Louisville Halloween's reach? I mean, do you go into Indiana, as you just mentioned? Do you go to Frankfurt? Do you go to Lexington? How big is the quote-unquote Louisville market? Uh, the Louisville market itself, you know, we do a lot with Fear Fair up there. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we go into Indiana for sure. But we we have attractions on you know, our site that are, you know, in many different states, actually. Um, so even, and in, in we kind of categorize it a little bit differently because, you know, we're, we're Louisville Halloween. So why do you put, you know, a, a haunt in Atlanta, Georgia on Louisville Halloween? Well, the way we categorize is how many miles from Louisville it is. So <laughs> it's kind of a, a different take on it, but, um, you know, we want to push people to, go beyond just Louisville per se, go to Cincinnati and see Dent, which is, you know, a freaking amazing attraction or go to Netherworld and Georgia, see these things, get to get these experiences and see, see the world. Sure. How, how, um, you know, you, you talked about a, um, adjacent Halloween businesses. Do you guys work with escape rooms or if, if I had, and not yeah. just an escape room working with a haunted attraction, but if I had an escape room, could I become a member of Louisville Halloween, even if it was not necessarily haunt related? Yeah, we've got escape rooms um, on on our website as well. Um, you know, escape rooms, even even though they're not necessarily Halloween, some of them have a Halloween season type of escape room, whether it be you know your escape a serial killer. One local had a for a while and this one's not there anymore but they had a room that you were trying to escape the zombie and the zombie was in the room and you, you had to escape before the zombie was unleashed or it was on a chain or something i can't remember it's, it's been a few years but um but yeah i mean we have escape rooms we've got um again we have if you're looking to decorate your house we've got stores on there we've got consignment stores on there where you can go shopping for um, Halloween costumes. We've got um, recommendations on, you know, how to decorate or how to do makeup. We've got, um, I mean, we've got horror movies on there with different reviews of horror movies. And, you know, it's just part of our culture. We, we watch horror movies all the time. You know, we screen movies now in the summer. So we have different horror movies all summer long, not just horror, but, you know, um, we call them creature features. So if there's some kind of creature in it, then we try to incorporate it. Um, so yeah, I mean, we it's it's just a whole 
again, a whole um, culture that you're really promoting, not just haunted houses, but if somebody likes a haunted house, they, they like uh, Jack Lantern. So we have Jack Lantern Spectacular on there, which if you've never been to that, well, well it's, I mean, it's a phenomenal, um, phenomenal attraction, just displaying some of the best artists in this city that, you know, you can even imagine. Um, but, you know, we've, we've even got, you know, kids events on there too with the Louisville Zoo. It's called Boo at the Zoo. Um, so there's, there's a whole host of things. Yeah, you just mentioned the summer series, and I know that you just had a movie screening over at the Legend of Pope Lick just last weekend, actually. Tonight uh, how or last often, night. <laughs> or last night, sorry. Yeah. But what, what, that counts. Um, but, you know, <laughs> you, you do that, you know, several times during the course of the year, and it sounds, you know, multiple haunted attractions appear at this thing. You know, you have food trucks, you have, you know, I'm assuming you have vendors, at, maybe at some of them you have people yeah. in co costume walking around. Yep. How does the general public react to this? I mean, you know, Kentucky's kind of in the Bible belt, you know, and, you know, there's people who don't like Halloween for various reasons. Do you, are you generally looked at as those people who go to this event or does the community or are they at large like, all right, it's movie night, woohoo, or is it just kind of like, you know, eh, I'm not going near them because they're those people. No, um, I mean, not that I've seen anyway. Um, we we start movie nights in May. And we do one, usually do one a month. So we may have to tick that up some, but we do our one a month um, all all year. Um, now with those movies, it's they're not all necessarily scary. So you know, next month we're doing Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, great movie. Um, so you know, last night we did The Conjuring scary movie so a little bit different it brings out a slightly different demographic each time which i like because it starts to grow that awareness of everything that's going on um, now with each movie night it's not just like you said it's not just a movie night people will come out and we've got vendors there uh, last night we had the new albany wicked walk there which is a ghost tour in new albany they were there talking about, you know, what they do and talking paranormal with people and people really got into that. Um, you know, a couple of movie nights ago, Culbertson Mansion was out um, doing makeup. Um, Holly uh, over there is just an amazing makeup artist and she did some makeup there. Um, and, um, you know, we have food, we've got, you know, the whole, we do games. We have, we have a, a game yard is what we're calling it now where we have, a variety of games that people can play while they're there and really engage with, you know, the people that they're with. And it's all about making that experience um, as a whole while they're there, just something to remember. And I assume there are plenty of coupons and flyers for all the local haunts in the area that wish to participate. Uh, I mean, right now, most people don't have their, their coupons ready. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Um, you know, at least from, from our experience, now, if they do, then they haven't told us, but usually they don't have it, have them done quite this early. Um, they'll probably have them by the next month and yeah, we, we'd be happy to put them out if they have them. Now, one of the things that is, you know, changing pretty dramatically, at least in the last 10 years is, you know, digital marketing is becoming the most prevalent form of marketing for everyone at this point. 
Um, and, you know, that's where we've seen, you know, a lot of flyer people that traditionally used to do flyers uh, aren't doing as many flyers or some aren't doing them at all. Um, I know the last couple of years for us, we used to, you know, print, you know, over a million flyers every year. Um, and we're getting to the point where we print hardly any because we're doing solely digital marketing at this point. Yeah, I, do, I recall how people, uh, so like Ohio Honors Association had a booth at Midwest Honors Convention, and we decided that we wanted to use the booth as an opportunity for haunts to uh, promote themselves. So we said to a lot of haunts, like, hey, you know, if you have any promo items or, or uh, cards or little flyers, you know, send them with us and we'll just have them at the table. So we had about uh, 10 different haunts send cards, but there was a lot of haunts that don't actually have any of those cards made. Um, and I put it out there for everybody. So I thought that was, that was kind of an interesting find to me, but if, you know, any opportunity that we have to share news to haunts, even if it was in Chicago, we're like, Hey, you know, Chicago folk, there's a lot of great haunts to see in Ohio. Come check them out. And I think, you know, that was a great opportunity we had. Yeah, and these events are more designed for activation style marketing, more so than they are putting out flyers per se. Um, now, when I say activation marketing, it's really engaging your brand with the guest at those events. So, if like the New Albany Wicked Walk, for instance, they had a table there, and and he was in full costume last night, you know, with top hat and everything, and he was talking about ghost tours and stuff that and talking about the different ghost stories he talks about in this tour and what people will see during that experience. And once you start to get people engaged in that way, it starts to sell them on the idea of your business. And you're, they're far more likely to come to your business when they have that interaction and that engagement with you. I remember a few years ago, we had stickers that had a QC code on it. I think Storm, was that you that provided those i don't remember who printed those up we didn't have a lot of them but uh i can only imagine that that would be the thing now just send somebody a qr code that they can scan at your booth or something like that these days so who knows yeah i discovered a couple of years ago that um having business size business card size things i had my logo on one side and then on the back side i had um the show dates and everything for that year and then the website because a lot of people will take business card size things put them in their billfolds put them in their purses put them in their pockets and keep them rather than like a big flyer mm-hmm. but the problem was at the end of the season if i didn't get them all passed out or you know i would always give all of my staff you know a big handful to pass out if they did i'd end up with all these cards that basically became useless so this year I do the logo on one side and on the back is nothing but a QR code. And that way, anything that doesn't get used this year will be good next year. That's right. That's right. That is the way to do it. No dates, no nothing that can be traced back to you other than the internet. (laughs) That's pretty interesting actually, because then the QR code, I mean, it doesn't matter. You just have that going to a specific spot on the website so that you can change whatever's on that page that's pretty cool yeah it could go to your calendar each year and it'd be Uh the updated calendar yep that's what we're doing it's a great idea i have a smart idea every once in a while don't i (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm looking at the clock and it looks like we need to start winding down a little bit here, although I know we could go another couple of hours if we had to. Are there any other questions from the hosts or from the guests? Um, I'd like to ask our uh, guests uh, just quickly, you know, closing out, what's one of the most creative co collaborations you've seen within your group or within uh, haunts with your groups? Well, I would say as far as I would be concerned, I, I think the most creative um, really, I, Mike, I've got to give you with Danger Run is probably the most creative way that haunts have ever worked together in this market. Um, I mean, the clues that the customers have to follow, then you've got the haunts that kind of have to stay in communication with each other about how the you know, attendance is going and, you know, hey, we're getting ready to send a bunch towards your way, uh, you know, and just to cross promote each other while also promoting Danger Run to make sure attendance is going up for all the ones involved. Appreciate that. Um, I would say on our end, you know, I, I wouldn't pinpoint Danger Run again, but uh, although I do think Danger Run is a creative way to do it. Um, the one effort that, you know, Travis and I and a bunch of other haunts were involved with right before COVID hit uh, was an initiative called Scary Good Fun that we did together, uh, which we haven't really talked about here, where we all came together and we, um, we hired a, 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 a public relations company and we were um, putting out press releases together and doing, you know, a lot of the same things that we were doing with the job fair. Um, but in a more uh, promotional level, just for the individual attractions. And I thought that was pretty, pretty ingenious. Yeah, it was, it was, I, you know, I just, I hated to see that not blossom the way that it could have, but, you know, we got hit pretty hard with the COVID and, you know, it was such a new thing. I feel like there were so many people that weren't all, you know, with something like that, you've got to go all in or you're not going to get the results that could happen. Agreed. You know, and that, that's the difference between what's possible and the reality of it. Um, and, uh, you know, that's not to say that we aren't continually trying to find ways to work together and continue to grow that in different ways. But, uh, man, it's, it's, uh, I, I really don't know. I would love to see more people join on and not just think it was a harebrained idea because it's not that we had a lot of good, you know, we were on the news several times with that. We were, um, it, it, we got a lot of positive feedback on scary, good fun. And uh, of course in Louisville Halloween as well. And I, I just think that it could continue to grow, you know, maybe not now, but in the future, something else could happen with it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think we're in a, a post-COVID world now where we just have to figure out the best way to navigate. And this goes for everybody, the best way to navigate collectively um, because it's, it's just a very different world. Well, and with the COVID and, you know, basically the uh, uh, economic uh, climate we're yeah. in right now, that's, that's going right. to be a big hurdle. That's right. It is. But working together, we're all going to be able to pull through it. And that's the ones that are very much you know, looking out for themselves and not taking the help from others, because that's ultimately why we do it. We try to help each other do it and grow. And, you know, why wouldn't you take 
some free advice or some free help, you know, to just try to get through that next hurdle. So we all grow. Anyway, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> well, the what's other neat, thing, oh, go ahead, Storm. I was going to say what's neat is we're such a creative industry that you can come up with, you know, collaborative ways to do stuff that people wouldn't think of. The one I saw last year blew me away because it wasn't a kumbaya creative, uh, uh, you know, collaborative effort, but it sort of was. I went by, uh, you know, a, a, a billboard and, you know, we have a couple of haunts in the area and some have been more established than others. And the billboard was for ABC haunt and it just said scarier than XYZ haunt. And it blew me away because what I knew was in the off season, the one haunt bought the other one. So now they have the same owners. And I go, these, these haunts are about four towns apart. So I bet you, if you went to the other town where the other haunt is, their billboard says XYZ haunt is scarier than ABC haunt. Sure. Well enough. That's the billboards they bought in that. town. So uh, it's absolutely genius because then you're getting people to like, oh, I, I, I got to see if this one was scarier than the other. I got to go both. You get both of your haunts names on the same billboard. You, you get people talking about it. the news talked about it because it seems like such a controversial uh, billboard and oh, a haunt war. But it's not. It, it was a collaborative effort because it's the same owner. Brilliant. Genius. Gotta love that. <laughs> I was going to say was um, I, th I love the job fair idea, the combined job fair. That is great. But what we have done in the past is um, like if I get all of my staff filled, all my positions filled and I get more contacts, I, you know, we kind of keep stay in communication with each other. And it's like, okay, I have all of my positions filled, but XYZ haunt is still looking for people. Here's their contact information. Um, I've been um, contacted by other haunters who are like, hey, listen, we had someone apply for us, but they live closer to yours and we can't use them. But why don't you reach out to them and, you know, and, and things like that. So cross promotion in this day of it being so difficult to find uh, staff, um, I think cross promotion in that aspect is really good, too, if you're not able to do a job fair. Excellent. Any final questions? Uh, this uh, is really a question. It's more of a statement. Um, something that I would recommend. I mean, anybody that's listening to this has an interest in this cooperative effort. So I, I would recommend going out. And there's a book. It's called Coopetition, um, written by Adam Brandenburg or something like that. Really great book. Um, but it, it's talking about, you know, not saying that we aren't competition but more so that the the collaboration and working in an effort along with that competition um, it really helps raise that tide it's a great book uh, you did mention michael a couple of times danger run and i don't think you touched on what that is for people who may not know what the danger run is and you've been doing that a long time can you uh briefly tell us what the danger run is sure uh so what the danger run is is it's a haunted scavenger hunt style game that you play in your car so you go to one of our predetermined starting locations and you're going to solve clues to find your way 
to haunted attractions that are along the way. And you have the choice now of either just playing the game, which is more of a murder mystery style clue game, or you can also add on haunted attractions with, with that experience. So once you finish the murder mystery game, you can also get a scare in while you're at it. That's genius marketing right there. And I assume that that is going on again this year. It is. Uh, and, you know, with COVID, we were, we were actually designed for that, that nature of thing. Not that it was designed for that, but um, so it, it did fairly well with that. But what we did learn from that is we kind of changed the dynamic of how the event actually runs. So before we had physical starting locations, you got paper books and all that. Well, with COVID, you know, everybody started doing everything on their phone, which is something that we could never get anybody to do before. Um, but by nature, everybody was forced to. Now we have everything digitally done. So it goes directly to your phone. You start from your house, start playing your game and, you know, you get out and you see things. It's pretty cool. Um, but we also have spun off from that to create a Christmas version of it called Rudolph's Run. And then we also have a Valentine's version of it called Romance Run. And each offers a completely different type of experience. Game is somewhat similar, but different types of you know challenges built into it. I'm going to have to come up to Louisville sometime and do this. Any last final questions before we wrap it up? Well, folks, if you're a haunt owner, please, please, please don't look down on your adjacent and nearby haunts. Work together if you can. This is a big industry, $9 billion a year at last count that I heard. And we all need to work together because if somebody is feuding with another, first of all, it's petty. And second of all, you could be utilizing each other and making an even bigger profit by working together, having, as we've mentioned tonight, Haunt ABC going to Haunt XYZ back and forth because people like to go to more than one haunt when they get the opportunity. So why not uh, reach out to your local haunts as a haunt owner and see if maybe this is the year that you guys all start working together. And uh, you might be surprised at what happens. Who can say? But we want to thank our very, very fine guests here. I hate that we have to wrap this up. We could be talking for hours here, but definitely want to talk to our very special guests and thank them again. Maximus Bryant with the Ohio Haunters Association, Travis Bowling with the American Horror Plex in Louisville, Kentucky, Michael Book of Louisville Halloween. This is the part of the show we call the plugs. So we want you guys to please plug your various ventures where you can get information, websites, social medias, etc. Let's start with Maximus. Tell us how people can get a hold of the uh, Ohio Haunters Association, even though they do hear it on our on our podcast. Please uh, just find us on Facebook, uh, Ohio Haunters Association. It's a Facebook group. Just uh, uh, you can request to join. And there's no requirement that you have to be in Ohio. You can just join anyway. And you can contribute if you have uh, something haunted industry related. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, uh, maybe come see me act this year at the Dent Schoolhouse. Uh can find that at dentschoolhouse.com or frightsite.com. Uh, we should be opening probably September 16th. So uh, come, come see me uh, perform. 
And thank you for not considering us spam whenever we post a new show up on your site. We, we do appreciate that. Well, it is because of you that I'm involved with Ohio Haunters, as I said last show. But so big thanks to Big Scary Show. Oh, pshaw. Thank you. <laughs> Travis, tell us a little bit about the American Horrorplex opening nights and all that websites, social medias, etc. Well, folks, at theamericanhorrorplex.com, you can find all of our new dates and uh, everything creepy and uh, crawly that's happening. We will be opening September the 16th, open Fridays and Saturdays uh, from 8 p.m. until 1 a.m. And we close out the season October 29th. Um, whenever you come out to American Horrorplex, not only is there a haunted house and an amazing backstory, but there's live animal encounters, carnival games, escape rooms, vendors. We've got it all, folks. But do you have goat moses? I don't have goat moses, but I do have goat snicker bars. <laughs> I, I want to escape from the live animal encounters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to talk to you off the air about uh, goat snickers. Anyway... <laughs> Michael, tell us about Louisville Halloween, how people can get involved, get information, danger run, and any other haunt ventures you may wish to plug. Sure. Um, so with Louisville Halloween, you can find us on any social media for the most part, or you can go to LouisvilleHalloween.com, which is pretty simple. We have all of our social media on there as well. You can view the different attractions that are around Louisville and beyond, uh, whether it be Halloween, whether it be horror movies, whatever is in your wheelhouse and your interest for the Halloween season. Beyond that, you can also look us, look up our new festival, the Ultimate Halloween Fest. Uh, we started that a couple of years ago. Um, it is kind of a culmination of everything you love for Halloween in multiple locations um, taking place beginning of September through the beginning of November this year. So it's a much longer time span. Um, we have the Halloween parade that will be coming up on October 29th. We are bringing that back after a two-year hiatus from COVID. So if you have an interest in either being in the parade, you can decorate your car and be in the parade. Uh, you can register to be in the parade. Or if you have a booth, you want to set up a, a booth to vend or whatever, you can do that. Or if you just want to come, it's, it's a great day of events. It's all day. We have great bands all day long. We have different um, different uh, groups that dance and everything else under the sun that you would love for a Halloween season celebration. And then we end it with a gigantic party at the end of the night. And then we also have the Danger Run. Uh, the Danger Run is happening the beginning of October through the end of October. It happens every single day. So no matter you know what day works for you, you can play the game. It is one of the most easy ways you can start. You start right from your house. Um, you get it on your phone. You solve the clues and you go to haunted houses along the way, which is a, a fun thing. That should be about everything we have going on. Jim, you need to uh, be in the Louisville Halloween Parade flying a couple of our banners that would be awesome depends on the date i'm sorry i missed it <laughs> october 29th halloween weekend i might be able to swing that we'll, we'll i'm still waiting for talk. meat hook jim to be at my uh, media nights when's media night this year the uh, september 30th i mean we that. sent the unknown scare act last year 
<laughs> well, he, he was just unknown. I had no idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so September 30th. Let me check my calendar. I'll get back with you, Travis. Promises, promises. That's what she said. Anyway, we couldn't do this show without our great hosts, including Storm. I, I, I need a copy of the Danger Run home game. Uh, it was Spooky Creepyville at Exit 42 with the lead pipe. <laughs> the aforementioned Meat Hook Jim. Why did that not make any sense to me? You haven't a clue, apparently. Yeah, it's a hmm. poor murder game and clue, lead pipe. Right, right, right. We're changing your name Mustard. to Professor Mustard. <laughs> Colonel Mustard. Colonel Mustard. I also, also want to thank Jonna, a.k.a. the old crone. Sorry, gentlemen, but I really must get back with my crone sister. We're trying to find a spell to break this cursed heat wave. Please let us know when you get that, because we hate it here. My name is Drew Badger, down in Charlotte, reminding you I still have a couple of weekends available for actor training. You can go to my website, rabidbadger.org. Also, by the time this show airs, I will be at Long Beach, California at Midsummer Scream. If you happen to be attending that show, come by the booth and say hi. We'll love to chat with you. Once again, folks, this is the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. Now, you see, Professor Mustard is not copyrighted. Ooh, strong point there. Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunted attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. Little Miss Sticks. Drag Queen Dracula on The Big Scary Show.
Greetings, listeners, and welcome. Watch out, don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Hello listeners, Meat Hook Jim here, and on this episode of Between the Corpses, we are going to talk about torture and execution and the methods of burning. As a child, Queen Mary I was relegated from princess to little more than servant as a result of the political adventures of her father, Henry VIII. On her ascendancy to the throne, she used fire and Catholicism to exercise, exercise her ire. Mary was disowned by Henry VIII and watched her mother, Catherine of Aragon, divorced and marginalized. Mary found herself in a loveless marriage put under intolerable strain when she went underwent the charade of a phantom pregnancy. Throughout her troubles, Mary clung to the Roman Catholicism for comfort. Even that was under duress as Henry and his son Edward VI sought to impose Protestantism on England. When Mary came to the throne in 1553, on the death of her half-brother, she was an embittered, hard-faced, and hard-lined monarch, determined to reverse the Reformation. Her favorite means of doing so was burning at the stake. Mary ruled for just five years until her death in November 1558. During her tenure, nearly 300 people died in flames, all refusing to deny their Protestant faith. Excavations carried out three centuries afterwards established that 43 died at London Smithfield. At London Smithfield, among the most famous of Mary's martyrs were Nicholas Ridley and Hugh Latimer, who died together on October 16, 1555 before Balliol Hall, Oxford. As the pyre was lit, Latimer told his fellow bishop, Be of good courage, Brother Ridley, and play the man, for we shall this day light such a candle by God's grace in England as I trust shall never be put out. Later it was considered indecent for women to be hung, drawn, and quartered, so those found guilty of treason or murder were sent to the stake. To ease their suffering, the condemned were strangled before the bales around their feet were ignited. Burned for their success. As a result, as recently as 1777, a girl of 14 was to be burnt for for a fiscal offense. A dignitary, Lord Weymouth, passed by chance and stopped the barbarous event. Death by burning was finally abolished in Britain in 1790. England was not alone in its use of burning. It featured throughout Europe in the grisly pursuit of witches and heretics by the Catholic Church and was notoriously employed to wipe out swatches of Jews during the 14th century. The Black Death ravaged Europe in the mid-14th century with an estimated death toll of 25 million. This dreadful flea-borne disease 
had catastrophic consequences for the Jews as wild rumors, first in Switzerland, then in Germany, France, and England, insisted that they were to blame. It was said that they poisoned wells in a bid to increase their wealth and power. Jewish people were arrested and tortured into confession. A few wise voices in the local authorities of church and council were drowned by the baying of the mob. Attempts to save the Jews were only successful in the domain of Avignon, where the Pope was then seated. The burning at Strasbourg on St. Valentine's Day in 1349 was typical. About 2,000 Jews were herded into a wooden platform built in the Jewish cemetery where they were to be offered their freedom if they agreed to be baptized into the Christian church. About half seized the chance to live. The rest were burned alive. Onlookers pulled children from the flames and baptized them against their will of their parents. Debts owed to Jews were consequentially canceled, and the wealth of the dead was divided between the church and the feudal lords. Not for the last time, Jews were scapegoats for the terrible ills of society and penalized for their success in trade. So the, the persecution of the Jews goes a little bit deeper than we thought. Uh, some food for thought, and we will catch you on the next episode. Good evening. My name is Deadfield, the zombie butler. Visit me and all my friends here at vfxcreates.com and check out the new Putrid Pete, the zombie puppet. We have several new products that you might want to see. <laughs> see you soon at vfxcreates.com. Music by Midnight Syndicate. Thomas De Quincey's classic, Confessions of an Opium Eater. The motion picture screen's nightmare zone of terror and suspense. Confessions of an Opium Eater dares you to step beyond the threshold of your own imagination into a world of grotesque phantoms, barefanged beasts, and sensuous creatures of tormenting beauty. See Vincent Price in Confessions of an Opium Eater. So this is the old crone, and I am finishing up my time at the Texas Haunters Convention. It's been a lot of fun. If you're an enthusiast, whether you're a haunter, whether you just really like spooky, creepy things, um, if you have an inner goth child, I would definitely encourage you to come down and check this out next year. I'm talking to Matthew Cummyford from uh, the Texas Haunters Convention. He's one of the coordinators. How are you doing today? Doing really good. How about you? Doing good. So it looks like you've had a great turnout. Yep. This being our fourth year has been the largest turnout that we've seen yet. We're excited that we continue to grow and uh, bring in the, the surrounding area as well as we've had many people traveling from out of state to attend the convention, which has been really exciting. So do you already have dates picked out for next year? We do. We'll be at the same location again at the Mesquite Convention Center next year, July 15th and 16th. And we'll have our uh, pre-activities again on July 14th. That's terrific. Okay. So this is normally open to everybody. Correct, correct. We are open to the public. We, we go all the way from the, the amateur enthusiast all the way to the professional. We want everyone to just enjoy Halloween and, and come together and, and just kind of celebrate the holiday a little early in the Texas heat. Yeah, it is hot, so <laughs> be prepared. Uh, 
the weather is not kind to an old crone. But I've had a wonderful time here, and thank you, Matthew, for letting us chat with you for a few minutes and help and enjoy this wonderful convention. Not a problem. We're uh, glad that you were able to come down, and, and we hope that everyone that comes down to the Texas Honors Convention has a great time. Psychocharger, Route 666 on the Big Scary Show. up your show need to pump new life into old props just want to show something no one else has do what alice cooper distortions unlimited and a-list haunters all over the world do wear von Karen. durable handcrafted dependable year after year von Karen. when you scare enough to wear the very best von Karen.com. v-o-n C-H-A-R-O-N dot com. <laughs> it's time for Ask the Old Crone. <laughs> this is the Old Crone, and I'm at the Texas Honors Convention, and I am talking right now with David Smith and Jeremy Bowers of Fox Glove and Associates. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. Very well. Good. So, I love what you've got here at your booth. So, 
describe to our listeners when they hear that kind of what your products are and what your goal is with your business. Because I understand it's a brand new business, right? Yes, ma'am. We've actually only done, what is this, our fourth event? Fourth event, right. Yeah, now I do have a, a store. It's located in Arlington, Texas. If you ever go by the knife shop, we do sell a lot of the stuff there. But as far as going out and doing events and conventions and whatnot, this is, this is new. Our very first was Steampunk November. Yeah. Nice. Steampunk nice. November, if you've ever been to that one, it's a fun one as well. Uh, we carry what we call adventuring supplies. Mm-hmm. So it's going to change a little bit depending on the demographic of who is going to be at the show we're going to. Right. You would take different things to a punk, yeah. uh, it, steampunk it, show versus... Exactly. Like so you might see a lot of overlap. Okay. Yeah, but there we, is a um, lot of overlap. But in a lot of cases, we will even carry functional weapons we'll, or we'll carry metal display weapons. Mm-hmm. But in some shows, we're limited on that, so we can't do that. So mostly what you have here is we got more of the, the strictly costume pieces like the foam. Mm-hmm. We've got the, the wizarding wands over here, not to use anything that uh, might infringe on copyright. Yes, don't want to do that. Uh, we got the leather wand sheets. All the leather goods and the wands we make ourselves. Very nice. So that includes the sheets. We've got the potion holders that go right here on your belt. And those are really awesome looking. And I would never condone this myself. But I've heard that some people like to put shots in these. Oh. I've also heard... Of the, of the adult beverage type. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. I've also heard that being a thief myself, it looks really good if you put in some absinthe. Because it's got the lurid green color. Mm. It's like you're carrying some poisons around. That's very nice. Okay. Well, I definitely, as the old crone, I'm eyeing a couple of wands that I might need to take home with me. But if anyone is interested in finding out more about Fox Glove and Associates, where can they get in touch with you? You can actually find us right now only on Instagram, where I'm horrible about posting. And we just started our podcasts. We have not uploaded anything yet. Well, I wasn't going to announce that because we have... We need to because we, we have actually recorded a couple. So okay. we're about to start uploading uh, this coming week, hopefully. Yeah, currently it's under the name of Shop Talk, actually, because it has more to do with, currently, our knife shop mm-hmm. location. Uh, we are hoping to get some scripts written and do Fox Club and Associates, kind of like a radio serial. So, okay. it's just a lot to be done. All right, so how can we get a hold of you at Fox Club underscore and, spelled out, underscore, Associates? Right, no, you got that perfect, yeah. Well, I'm a professional. Uh, like, you okay. know, I had no doubt. <laughs> Thank you, guys. This has been fabulous getting to meet you, and I hope to see you at future shows. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. And I'm standing here with Dark Creations with Ryan Maines. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well. So, I've seen you guys at Transworld, and now you guys are down here at the Texas Hunters Convention. What do you like about coming to smaller conventions like this? Well, it's more a direct one-to-one with um, the enthusiast and the customer, and we get a different mix of people here. So in the trade show, you kind of get more business-like people that you know are all about um, you know their haunts and and going in and doing business. Whereas this, you're going to be more in touch with the actor and the haunter than general home haunter. Um, but we get to talk to them and see what they're looking for and what they like. So that helps you plan for next year yeah, on what do, to bring out to the industry. Yeah, because we're always doing different designs and you know coming up with different ideas, but it's always good to talk to your customer and see what they want. Mm-hmm. And that's you know kind of what we're looking to we're looking to try to get in touch with. So. Okay. So as a businessman yourself, mm-hmm. if you wanted to say something to other vendors who wanted to do smaller shows like this, 
I know that the trans world is, is basically the same as the major league. Um, but new vendors just starting out or even some of the vendors that have, you know, great big businesses, what would you uh, recommend to them about coming to smaller shows like this? I would certainly say to try it and talk to people because people are very, very friendly here. Everybody's willing to talk. Everybody's having a good time. And you're going to find out a lot of information that maybe you just didn't even think about. You know, everybody has an idea of what they want to do, maybe what they want to make and what they want to provide to their customers. But you don't always, I mean, not every one person can think of everything. And you get feedback just from people that, you know, from all corners of the industry, and it gives you a greater idea of maybe what to narrow your product line down to so that you can offer, you know, what people are after and what they're looking for. In different years, people want to do different themes, different ideas, so it's, it's good to get that feedback and just to, just to, you know, be directly in touch with Customers. Yeah, and as pot owners, sometimes we get tunnel vision. Yes. And um, I'm sure that happens with, with mm-hmm. the, the vendors as well. Sometimes you get tunnel vision. And so it's nice seeing what what other people are doing and, and what the public is actually interested in because yep. that's, that's ultimately our main customer. Yep. And at the end of the day, I mean, we're all really creating a form of art. Mm-hmm. And every artist kind of has what they're good at. But... It's just like any art, whether you're, you know, making stuff for haunts or whether you're in music, you do, you can get into a, a rhythm or a rut and you have a tough time maybe thinking outside of what just you're used to. Right. Talking to people spawns different ideas and gives you an idea of what you can maybe look at doing that fits, you know, your product. Right. And that gives you something new for the next year. And these smaller ones get you directly in touch with the customers that can't necessarily go to the trade show um, just because it's open to everybody and you get to listen to what people are doing you know like what character they're trying to be at a haunt for an actor see what they're excited about yeah and what they're looking for and it just gives you ideas to just kind of like spawn your creativity and just grow that way so the vendors would you um, would you say be prepared to do mostly cash and carry rather you know, we're at Transworld, you're taking orders for the season, but here, because you are dealing with the public, more cash and carry things? Yeah, cash and carry at any of the smaller ones is king uh, because the enthusiasts want whatever they're looking at. They want it now. Yeah. And I completely understand that. I mean, you run any retail store, you're going there to buy something. Right. It's going to be more beneficial for you to have more cash and carry items at a smaller convention. And then, you know, still take orders because you will have uh, people that will, you know, put in orders. But, yeah, that's cash and carry is really yeah. what you want to focus on. And, 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 you know, for the haunt owners, usually, you know, the dream again is to go to Transworld and see what everything is. But if you can't make it to Transworld or even if you do support local smaller conventions like this, um, I've actually had difficulty finding certain things at Transworld. But I found some things here that work for my haunt, so you never know what you're going to see. Well, thank you so much for uh, talking with me. Absolutely. Anytime. Okay, you guys stay cool. Yes, you too. All right, bye-bye. Thank you. I'm at the booth of Haunted Entities here at the Texas Haunters Convention, and I have the most adorable, creepy thing I've ever seen. What is your name? Maddie. Maddie, you look fabulous. But my zombie name is Zia. 
really? That's amazing. So I wanted to talk to you and ask you a few questions. How old are you? Nine. And what do you like most about Halloween? Trick or treating. Trick or treating? How do you like dressing up? Scary. It's scary for you to dress up or you no, like scaring other like, people? I like dressing up scary. Okay. So do you think doing haunted houses and things when you get older would be fun? Uh, to work there, yeah. Okay. To go through them, no. You don't like to go through them? No. I bet whenever you get a little older, you'll change your mind because they really are pretty fun, especially if you get to be the scarer. Thank you for talking to me today. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screamline Studios. Creepy Collection. Dark Imaginings, Fright Finder, Haunt Pay, Von Caron Productions, and VFX Creates. We'd also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse. And we couldn't do this without the three ghosts, including Badger, Haunt Consulting and more, rabidbadger.org. Meet Hook Jim. Check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com. And Storm, Rants and More, HauntMinute.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.